Performance Plus presents the Summit Club Podcast, your business roundtable discussion for sales and business leaders with your host, Bill Stats. Hi, and welcome to the SummitClubPodcast.com, a business roundtable. I'm your host, Bill Stats, and I'm with John Thane, our Summit Club senior contributor. Hi, JT. Hey, Bill. Boy, it's a great afternoon. We're we really set the stage for this podcast. Here we are sitting out in the beautiful patio overlooking the 18th hole at Sandy Run Golf Club. So let's get started, Bill. Well, they say, whoever they are, be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. And it looks like we've gotten a big wish, a podcast series about the game of golf. What do you think about golf, a game for life, JT? Well, you know, it's interesting. We decided to do this. You know, we went back and forth on a number of things. And what's great about golf is it means a little bit different to everybody. Some people have to do it for business. Some people do it for pleasure. You know, some people to do it just as a form of exercise. Whatever, wherever it means to you is something different. A lot of people are forced to play golf only because they get invited to professional events. They're a little embarrassed. Oh, I don't want to hit the ball. I'm going to embarrass myself. But you know what? Everybody has a place in this game. And depending on where you're at on your journey in the game of golf, we're going to do a, a podcast to hopefully create more in. Well, and it's really funny because you play with your wife. My wife doesn't play. And it, it's just a whole different set of connections with you and your friends whose spouses play golf and to your point i mean golf could be for everyone you know it really is and it's it's funny early in in my golfing experience i really had to do it for business purposes and i was horrible and i was embarrassed uh oftentimes going out with better golfers and i finally realized if i was going to keep doing this i better learn more about the game now it's to the point I consider myself an avid golf, not a good golf, but an avid golf. So to that point and that purpose, Mary Pat and myself and two other couples were headed to Pine Needles down in Pinehurst, North Carolina. They just recently hosted the Ladies U.S. Open this past weekend wow. in June, and we're going to be there next week for a five-day golf school. So this is my shot to take the game seriously. <laughs> well, let's give those listening a preview of Golf, a Game for Life. And, and here we go with a snapshot of a conversation that we had with one of our key contributors and an advisory board member, PGA professional Ashley Greer. We first met Ashley at Overbrook Country Club where she was an assistant golf professional and she agreed to get involved with Golf A Game for Life. Here's a few mentions from her bio as well as a couple of current activities. She's played in the KPMG Women's PGA Championship in 2018, 19, and 21, and will again this year on June 23rd at the Congressional Country Club. 2020, she was a National Women's PGA Player of the Year, member of the National PGA Tournament Committee, and last but not least, she was the first female to win a Philadelphia PGA Section Points event against 115 section male PGA professionals. Wow. you got to be kidding. At this time, 
She's uh, down in Hagerstown, Maryland, helping her parents run a golf center, as well as competing in all the PGA Mid-Atlantic section events. And uh, she's quite a woman and quite a golfer. Oh, I'll tell you, we are so honored to have... I remember when I first saw the article about Ashley that I shared with you, we both looked at each other and said, she's, she's, the, ours. <laughs> she's the perfect person to uh, join our advisory board and hopefully contribute to some of our podcasts. So with that, let's listen to a little bit more about what Ashley said during our first interview. Yeah, when I was six, my parents bought our family golf center in Hagerstown, Maryland. And I probably had picked up a club before then, but don't really remember much about it. And uh, my dad was a golf pro at a club in Pennsylvania. And then we moved to Hagerstown. And like I have two sisters and it was just was what we did for fun. It had a miniature golf driving range and 18 hole par three course. So we were down there every day at some point, whether we were playing putt putt or hitting balls or just hanging out with everybody in the shops that worked there. And you know, it just was basically our pastime. We, none of us, uh, my sisters or I, we never took it super seriously. My dad never really pushed us real hard. It just was what we did for fun. And uh, I do remember when I, we first moved there, though, I, I'm a very competitive person. And I remember they had this junior golf camp and there were all these big, shiny trophies. I remember going down as, a, like a, I guess I was six or seven, and uh, I really wanted to win one of those trophies. And uh, so I think, like, the next, I was too young, though. I think the next year I was able to, to compete so every year you know we had like you know washington county junior golf so i played and i think i got a trophy every year from then until high school on our little like local junior golf scene but anyway i said i really didn't even know if i wanted to play college golf or not i wasn't you know we didn't we didn't travel or play in any big national tournaments so i had no really recognition and uh, i knew a guy that knew the coach at jacksonville university so he taught called and so i came down and got a partial scholarship from him and i played at jacksonville university for two years then i ended up transferring to the university of central florida in orlando and got a full scholarship there for the last two years I had a you know kind of a decent college career it was again it was kind of nothing special i feel like i was always coming on just at like the end of my time. Like at the end of high school, I kind of started to get good. And at the end of college, I kind of started to get good. But even then, when I finished college, I really didn't have any idea if I was going to turn pro or even, you know, continue with golf. At the time they separated, it was called the Futures Tour, which is the Metro Tour now. Basically, it's, you know, one step below the LPGA. But the, the Q School was separated for them. So you didn't have to pay 5000 to go to LPGA Q School. I think it was like $750 you could pay to go to futures tour Q school so I was like what the heck I'll give it a shot really with no expectations and I went down to Florida and I played and I qualified and I got full status on the futures tour you know I, I was like well I guess I'll turn pro and I I went down in the winter in December the season before and I signed up I think it was called the Hooters tour at the time just like a real local mini tour event and I won the very first one I've played in as a professional I got like maybe three thousand dollars I'm not sure three or four thousand dollars and then I got second in the second one, and I won the third one. So I think I'd made like, I don't know, maybe like $8,000 the month of December. So I was like, I guess I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you know, it kind of worked out. So then I went on, and I played, you know, professionally on the Futures Tour until probably about 2011 or 2012. You know, it was great, but it was, which as we know, golf is tough, and it's a grind, and it's hard to make money out there, you know, unless you're really probably in the top 150 in the whole world you know, making much money. Wasn't really sure what I was going to do. It was a very tough decision because that's all I really ever did was play golf. And a good friend of mine is a club professional. And he talked me into getting into the PGA 
you know, being in the club professional business, that was kind of my next step. So I came back to Hagerstown, worked at one of the local clubs for maybe a year or two. And then uh, I had known somebody from Columbia Country Club down in D.C., which is a you know, super high-end club. And you know, he offered me a job there. And so I worked there for, I guess, from probably 2012 to 2016. And then kind of was looking for a change from that place and moved on to Overbrook Golf Club in uh, Philadelphia section was there. And that's, I feel like my game wasn't, the game was kind of good when I started as a club professional and then I had a little slump for a while. And uh, now I feel like the last couple of years, my game's about as good as it's ever been. Where did the, where is the, the focus for girls and women in golf? Had somebody give you guidance or help or triggered, I don't want to call it a focus, draw attention? I mean, I don't think I ever, uh, I wouldn't say I ever really focused or it's not really a being a female. You know, I, I give lessons to females and girls and do clinics and stuff. So it just comes with a job, I guess I would say. You know, anybody in the golf is at some point has taught women or helped women or curls or juniors or whatever. So uh, I want to see, you know, golf is a lonely sport and there's not, a, you know, a lot of females in the field and growing up I didn't know if I ever played with a girl. I was always playing with the guys. I was on the guys high school team. Not until college did I really compete a lot against, you know, other women. So uh, you know, you want to try to see, you know, it's the game's given me so much, so I wanna to try to keep more girls and women involved and keep it growing. Does that make sense? It wasn't really like I focused on that, it just sort of comes with the territory I guess. Wow. And that's just part of our preview. How about we also introduce another of our key contributors and a Charter Advisory Board senior member, Mike Stefano. That's great, Bill. I remember the, the story of you telling me about Mike and how he got involved in the game of golf. But more importantly, when we talked to him, or you actually talked to him about our podcast series, am I correct? His comment was, if you don't include me in this, we'll never speak again. Yeah, that's what he said. And I... I, I I was kind of taken aback because it's like, okay, whatever, you know, we'll we'll figure out a place a place for you to fit in, and it's with the advisory board as a senior charter member. So I've known Mike for uh, 15, at least fifteen years, maybe longer. <laughs> Guess how I met Mike? I'm afraid to ask, Bill. Uh, how did you meet Mike? <laughs> so uh, here's the power of golf and business. I was playing golf with a client of mine, Steve Frayne, at his club, Whitford Country Club in Exton. He's the president of Unipac, a packaging company in Westchester. And as we were playing, he says, you know, I should introduce you to a possible consulting opportunity for you. The head of the accounting firm we use, Mike Stefano's an avid golfer, and I think you guys would get along. Jeez. Now that sounds like a real-world example of golf and business as opposed to just playing golf as a sport. It's uh, crazy. It really is. And you've been to his offices with, with me, and it is covered with pictures, nice pictures of golf. Absolutely, and, it, and it's interesting. And Mike does a great job of telling the story of how he's integrated golf into his practice actually built his practice around the game of golf so it's not just a skills contest it's not just about becoming the best golfer it's a social game that allows you to interact with people spend time with people outside of the business environment and and build a, a little bit different maybe deeper relationship it really is that's a great way to put it so here's a bit of our interview 
So uh, why don't you tell John and I a little bit about your world of golf? We don't have to go back to elementary school, but did you play or have an interest in golf in high school? So when I was uh, I was a younger man, I played a lot of team sports. Played football, played basketball, played baseball, and golf was not something that we were really. I was really uh, in tune with golf. Was more of a, more of a high level sport, more of a money sport. People who you know belong to country clubs and as such. So I did not really start playing golf until I was probably about a junior, senior in high school, and it was more of going out to Valley Forge Golf or Westover Golf Course with a couple of buddies. You know, maybe bring a couple beers with us and go hit the back nine. And, and play golf. For us, it was just more of a, hey, get out of the house, hit the ball as far as you could, drink a couple beers, and, and have a good time. And, you know, that was pretty much my experience of golf until until I got to college, and I played a little bit more in, in college, the same thing, mostly in the summer and mostly hanging around the local municipal golf courses in, in the Philadelphia area. It started to become more of a, a serious, more of a fun thing as I got through college, and I started to really interact with some of the people who played golf, whether they played on the golf team at, at Villanova or, or whether they belonged to country clubs, I started seeing an opportunity or at least seeing something where it was not a, you know, going out and just hitting the ball as far as you could. It was more of a competitive game. And growing up, for me, you know, the, the competition, whether it was playing football or playing basketball or playing baseball, you always wanted to win. You always wanted to be competitive. So those early years for me was not, it wasn't more on the competitive side. It was more on the fun side. And then as I got through my high school and, and into my college years, I started playing a little bit more seriously with some of the guys that I went to Villanova. And they were really good golfers. And looking at them and seeing how good they were and looking back and saying, wow, this is this is something that could be really fun. And uh, then I started really taking it a little bit more seriously through my college years. And as I went through my work experience, I always thought it was getting work. I always thought it was an interesting avenue. The first place that I worked, I started work firm in, in uh, Devon. And one of the clients was a pretty good golfer in the Philadelphia region. And I saw how that impacted him and his business. He was very successful, and he built his entire business around the golf community and the golf world. So, you know, as, as I looked at it, and I tried to understand where I wanted to take myself, and, you know, as I said, you start in high school, and you're out there hitting balls and having fun, you know, hitting it as far as you can, going to old master places in the world and see if you can hit the ball over the <laughs> hit the ball over the net you know that was that was my experience in the beginning and part of that experience was the camaraderie and the fun that I had with the guys that I played and then as I went through my college years it was it became more of a competitive hey I could be good or I could really enjoy this and and, and understand the game and be playing it on a higher level not a high level but a higher level than I was do your kids have a different outlook on golf as they've grown up than you did? I mean, or do you still see the same, you see yourself in them where they're playing the traditional sport? Uh, as my boys became more involved in sports, uh, my oldest one was not a sports kid. He was, he, he read books from night to day and that's all he did. My middle one and my younger one uh, were really involved in sports, and they really enjoyed sports. My middle son was played played all the sports, played basketball, played football, played baseball, and he was a pretty good athlete. When he got to his eighth, ninth grade, we started, you know, he started talking about playing golf. As I saw my career and I saw what golf provided to me. I thought it was a great life skill and, and thinking about what you can do when you're 
15 and when you're 17 and when you're 50. Uh, and when you're 60, it's kind of hard to go play a pickup basketball game at, at uh, 55. It's, <laughs> it's kind of hard to go out and uh, play baseball. So as he started making that determination, you know, he, he wanted to play football. And I was like, well, you know, why don't you play golf? He said, well, why don't I play baseball and golf? And as he went through the process, the golf became more important to him. So the answer to your question, my kids uh, understand or saw the importance of it in how they could shape something in the future and how important it could be as they started to grow and, you know, and become pretty good at it. Wow, Bill, interesting interviews. Two people love the game of golf on different points in the road. Ashley's a professional. She's a competitive player. Mike is an accountant. Uses the game of golf for relaxation and building his business. Really is kind of funny when you think about it. And I'm really excited about what's coming next after podcast number 33, which is this one we're working on right now, Golf, a Game for Life. And this is kind of like we're teeing off the first tee here with this episode. For more details about upcoming uh, podcasts in the series go to summitclubpodcast.com and click on the show notes and the photo for podcast number 33 and you'll get our table of contents for all nine holes of the podcast programming it's pretty cool isn't it jt and you know how broad a range of topics we're going to be dealing what's great about it is it's for everybody the beginner even even the hesitant or a non-willing participant who has to do it for business purposes, there's going to be a little something for everybody in this series. Well, we both talked about different charitable events and things that we've gone to, and it just seems like, in many cases, the the women are all at the registration table, and from our conversations with friends of ours, it doesn't have to be that way. No, golf's a game for everyone, and it should be an opportunity in business and social situations to include everyone what's great about it well i can't wait to get to the next the next episode in hole number one which is going to be recorded drop-ins from golfers uh asking the question what does golf mean to you and we'll record the answers and and we'll give all of you out there listening an idea of how golf fits into different lives and why it might just fit into yours if it hasn't already. Well, you know, Bill, at this point, I am off to <laughs> North Carolina, off yeah. to Pinehurst, probably get my game in order. <laughs> and you're leaving me here to play around at our home course, Sandy Run Country Club in beautiful Valley Green Road in Orland, Pennsylvania. So with that being said, we're kind of by the clock on the wall. This is Bill Staff And John Thane. John saying, may all of your drives go straight. <laughs> I'm missing my lines here. How about if I give you and may your putts roll right over their mark? <laughs> Great. To learn more about the Summit Club podcast, please find us online at www.summitclubpodcast.com. Thanks for listening to the Summit Club podcast and we'll see you at the top.
This podcast was recorded, produced, and engineered by summitclubpodcast.com.